I have just launched a mastermind called The Circle of Influence, where I'll be taking you under my wing to show you how to build a platform online that generates an income for you so you can have more freedom in your life. I'm also gonna show you how to become a powerful influencer online so that you can score interviews and so you can get exposure on major publications and platforms. And I'm gonna even show you how to build these platforms yourself, such as a website, a podcast, a YouTube channel, and a social media following so that you can get your message out there to millions. I'm also going to show you how to network with other incredible leaders online so that you can interview them and so that you can collaborate with them and really show you how to refine your story so you can share it in an unforgettable way to score more interviews, to score book deals, and to gain more speaking opportunities so that you can become a powerhouse leader. Now, if this speaks to you, make sure you head over to IamJoelBrown.com slash apply and get in before I close my doors on this live interactive exclusive opportunity where I'm going to go deep with you and with the community of Circle of Influence Game Changers. Don't miss this. Now let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Gabriella Rosie, who is originally from the UK. She's out here in Australia. She's trapped in quarantine, isolation. She has police that come up and deliver her food to her. This is so gangster. And <laughs> she is a creative artist and also a creative coach. I just love the content that she puts out on social. I can't wait for you to hear her wisdom today on the Addicted to Success podcast. Gabriella, welcome to the A2S podcast. Hi, Joel. Thank you so much for having me here. Gonna have a fun chat. I love your energy. That's a big thing that I noticed straight away is like the way that you show up, you're so expressive in who you are and you have this like, I don't give up type of attitude. And I love that. Where did that come from? It comes from like just it not being the norm to do it and then being like, fuck it, I want to create my own career. I want to make art my job. I want to be the person that I want to be and like refusing to allow myself to just like dim myself down and being comfortable with like taking up my own space. Like that's been like a journey to get to that point for sure. But yeah. There's no point in like trying to be another way when we, it's just going to be easier if we just speak the way we speak in our weird accents and just let it be the way that it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. You said the journey. Now we know that the journey isn't just like my life just passes in time. There was like maybe a couple, two to three things that you realized about yourself or there were some blocks that you worked through, or there's some like some exercises you did, or some identity shifts, or something like that. Could you could you list what they were and just maybe a breakdown of how if somebody's feeling the same, they can break through it too? Yeah. I think for me, it's just been like a general evolution over time. So like most people, like when I was a kid, I was like sticking my fingers in paint and making things and like making up stories and it all flows quite easy. Like it's so natural for kids to just want to be creative and not question what they're creating and what's going to be just being in the flow of it, just speaking how they speak, existing the way they exist. And then when we grow up, there's these ideas about how we should exist in society, what kind of jobs we should have before what kind of person, all of that noise like it stuck to me the way that it sticks to so many people. And 
yeah, like I went to university for psychology. I did my honors in that, was going to be um, a researcher. And then I realized being a researcher mean, meant that I was doing like 80 hours of work a week without like ever being able to go traveling and ever being able to like follow my own projects. And I was like, oh, shit, God. this is not what I want to do. It's basically so, living a life in quarantine. <laughs> and like that's amazing like for some people that's exactly what they want to do but like having that realization that that wasn't how I wanted to spend my days and spend my life and then giving myself like just the freedom to be like okay so like let's welcome this empty space let's say no to this one thing that I thought I was going to do and just explore what it might mean to dive deeper into what I want to do how I want to express what I want to create and just generally like follow the journey of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you know, what's cool about art? Cause I asked one of my friends recently, how do you value art? Like, how do you know a, a, a painting piece is worth $50,000 and then one's <laughs> worth like 200 bucks? How do we know this? So how, how do you value art? Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's strange. Like there's so much that comes into it, especially when you look at like the, the art world of like with galleries and dealers, like there's so much that goes into that. That's a lot of noise to be honest, but like, I don't know, like I try not to get so tied up into that part of it, but I think like the, the individual person like making and creating their own things has to like acknowledge their own, value their own worth um, and the, the value of their own thoughts and abilities to make stuff to be like it's literally worth me spending time to make this thing just for the sake of it like I think that's what stops so many people from even beginning to to start creating something way before you can like sell something for a <laughs> hundred million or whatever like even the fact of like sitting down at like a blank canvas or a blank piece of paper and giving yourself the freedom to just be like, I value my idea and my thought enough to act on it, to explore it and to make a thing. Like that is a huge self-worth and like self-love and self-acceptance lesson to be like, fuck it, I'm going to spend a few hours like playing in this idea because I want to and because my thoughts are valuable enough. Wow, crazy. Did you hear that story about uh, Pablo Picasso? where he was sitting at a cafe or a restaurant and then he, he, the, the waiter came up and was like, okay, here's your oh, bill. Yeah. And he like drew something on this serviette, mm. this guy. And this, this guy's like, what is this? Like, he's like, I don't want it. He wanted the bill and he wanted a tip. And ultimately the thing that he passed on was he didn't know it was Pablo Picasso. This serviette that he had, you know, napkin or whatever you want to call it in Australia, in America, we call it serviettes <laughs> in Australia. Um, that, you, that he signed and like painted on would have been worth so much, right? So it's, it's interesting. Like, I feel like value is a subjective thing totally. because we value things in very different ways, right? Like a song that I listen to on the radio, I may say, this is the bomb and you're going to hear it and be like, ah, it's okay, right? So <laughs> I, what, I, what I like about art is I believe that when we're in alignment with who we are, when we're inspired from within, we're in spirit, right? That's our inspiration. And there's something that comes through us in that moment. There's like elements within our body that are in this like congruency together. There's something divine that's passing through and it's put out into the world. And I feel like, like, how do you value that? That's insane, right? What I love in the way that you show up is that 
it's like your, your own character and your own passion and your own signature way is coming out. Now, there are a lot of people that are listening to this right now that are kind of all over the place with their creativity. They're not quite uh, locked down or even just like dialed into what their signature style is. So what do you do in order for you to be able to be in a place where you have more like coherency in the way that you theme, the way that you create art, the way that you express? How can they do this too? Yeah, I talk to quite a few people at this, like this idea of like, how do we find our own style? Like, how do we develop in, in so many ways? Like, how do we develop our own? It can even come down to like your personal branding. Like, what does that look like? What is your style of creating look like? And honestly, like the way to figure that out is just by doing and creating and making like a whole ton of really shitty stuff that you hate. And then eventually, <laughs> Like you'll start to see like these common themes in things and just following like the things that you're interested in and using them as inspirations and working on that. And it will lead you to like, it's about doing so much work and then like the, the, like the cream of the top of what you, of what you create and what you work on. That's the great stuff. And usually people don't see like, the thousands of things that like you scrapped and all of the, the, the mess that got to that point. It's about like, there's no shortcut to being a great creator and a great artist or a great anything. Like there's work that goes into it. There's time that's spent like honing a craft and getting good at something and developing your own unique way of doing something. And the only way we can do that is through doing something a lot, a lot of times. <laughs> Yeah. And I feel like you can't bypass the fact that you've got to keep practicing it. And, and I know that if you don't love something, you're not going to stick to it. I remember there's a quote by Albert Einstein. It says, creativity is intelligence having fun. Mm. I think that that's what it's really about. I love at the start of this conversation, you said, you know, when kids are painting or, or doing, you know, a piece they're not thinking about this fear of rejection for the most part, unless they've had a pretty rough childhood from the get go. They're, they're still in a space of this innocence. And I think that that's what it's about. Like, how do we go back to that innocence? How do you get back to that? Not that you act childish, but childlike in the way that you create, right? Yeah. And like, it's about play and creating isn't you, like, you don't just want to sit down to create because you want to have something at the end of it. Like that's the grossest way to come at it. The best way is just creating for the sake of the doing, like the action of it to be in the process of making something. Cause it just feels good. Like it's so natural to humans to create things The like how we know history of humanity is largely due to like the, like the paintings that we left on walls, like it's so innate to us in our abilities to just make things and create things from our own perspectives that like we need to allow ourselves the freedom to just be in the process of it and stop being like, I need to make this thing that's going to make me so much money or going to get me this job or going to get me this kind of result and just be like, let's enjoy the process. Let's play with colors. Let's feel like what this feels like to live within the actual presence of creating something. And through doing that, that will evolve to you making some like really, really dope stuff. Ooh, I love this. I love it. Yeah. I feel like within the creative process from my experience, it's like my mind is going wild. It's like this wild fun party. Like we're creating this and that as a mix match. It's like almost like chaos 
almost chaos. But then through my eye and the way that I'm putting it together, there's almost just like discipline in order to be able to create order. It's like chaos to order that gets put down, especially when you're branding or doing something when it comes to business. A lot of people that are listening to this are entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to get that crazy chaos translated into order and put down on something in order for it to have that coherency. So it's such a craft and that can only be practiced. What habits would you instill or have in place in order for you to really get into a creative space? What do you do on a daily? What's your rituals and your routines? Yeah. Um, I love to do embodiment work in the morning, which is kind of like a meditative practice, but it's just about like physical movement of just connecting into the body. Um, it just helps me like get out of the thinking. So that'll just be like listening to music and just feeling it through your body. I don't know if you've ever tried it before, but it's really fun and freeing and just makes you feel loose. Like I don't want to sit down to work and be like too analytical about things because that's clearly not the best way to create things. Um, I read a lot. um, I journal a lot. I do affirmations pretty much every single day where I'll write them out to like literally program my mind to think the way that I want to think on that day. Um, and then I tend to do like just sketchbooking or I do, I'm doing a lot of digital art right now because obviously I'm in a hotel room, <laughs> so I don't have like all of my art supplies with me, but I like to just sit down and even on days where like, I don't feel like making much like art or anything. I just want to be in the practice of creating something every day just for the fun of it. So every day I'll have like 30 minutes where I'm just playing around with colors and like usually at the end of it, like there's nothing that I'm going to share from it and it's just a whole bunch of mess. But then like a month later, I might come across that thing and see something that sparks like a new kind of interest. But just having that practice, that's how you build on your style. That's how like you process through the ideas that like come flooding every day. Wow, what a great breakdown. So if you're listening to this right now, you feel like you're in a bit of a creative hamster wheel where you're stuck in one spot listen back over the routine that gabriella just shared and put this into practice right life is about experimenting it's about testing it's about being a mad freaking scientist in the lab of life and going in and having fun and playing i feel like for me uh when i do work with people sometimes like sometimes i would get like a graphic designer and i get the results back i'm looking at it like oh my god how can some people think it actually looks good, right? And it becomes this tussle where I, I catch myself, not so much anymore, but I did catch myself in this perfectionist mentality mm. where it was always having to be the best that it could be. And if it's not in the vision that I had, it's not good enough. And I had to work through that because I was all that like, I'm not good enough, fear of rejection yeah. in play. How do you work through the perfectionist conversation that you, I'm sure you would have had with yourself at some point? Yeah, definitely. Like it, it always comes up and especially like when I'm sitting, like working through a project and you can endlessly tweak something forever and like move things around and change it around in an endless amount of ways. And I mean, I don't want to say that like I end it when it's like good enough, but then I'm, I feel like I've got to a point when I know that something looks the way I want it to look. And if I just keep like 
keep working on it and keep doing it, then it's just going to over-process something. And that's when it starts to get into that, like, goes from the free-flowing way where something comes more natural and it starts to be more analytical and then it gets... You, you can physically see it in work a lot, I think, and you can feel when things start to be more robotic and less flowing. And that's just something that I've come to learn like in my own style and generally like the the things that I create and like the people I work with like allow me so much freedom and like I allow that so much in in my work that it's just come quite natural I think <laughs> yeah yeah wonderful it's funny before you're like you know I like to put some music on and dance I don't know if you if you do that or if you don't girl I'm from Bali I live in <laughs> Bali right so <laughs> we're we have ecstatic dance where it's just like tribal, like dancey, atmospheric music that plays for hours. And, but I got to be honest with you, Gabriella, the first time I did it, maybe even the second time, I felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. So uncomfortable. And I even was in a place where I was like, you know what? I think I need a drink. Yeah. Like, I thought that I needed some alcohol to loosen myself up. And then I realized no one here drinks. And then I was going to be the guy that <laughs> wants to drink. And I was like, I thought my confidence was good. Why am I wanting to do it? And it's because I was avoiding going into that feminine energy. Oh. I was trying so much to be in that masculine. Yeah. And it can be so habitual, like things like drinking and dancing. It can just be like, because that's what people do. And then it's like, when you give yourself the freedom to be like, oh shit, like I can dance without having a drink. Then you've opened a whole new doorway for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, and then you can move to cacao. <laughs> <laughs> Just take it up to a whole nother level. <laughs> yeah, it is good to be in the practice of not needing something in order for you to tap in. I think that that's a really good place to move when it comes to your own willpower. And I like that you said before that you start your day with affirmations. Mm. You get yourself into a space where you're the one that's being the master of your mind and not the slave to everybody else's agenda or society's way of how you're supposed to think or this like hard, heavy, logical way of how you're supposed to show up that we're taught in society in the, this day and age. So I like that. That's really cool. Um, I was having a conversation with Tim Ferriss on the podcast and he says that what he does when he sits down and writes is he usually has a glass of wine. He said he notices that if he goes over three glasses of wine, there's like a tipping point where he starts to feel that he's not really tapping in and he's losing his uh, skill and creativity. Uh, I personally, when I'm in Bali, have this, it's like a herb. It's called, it's called, uh, it's like a matcha tea. It's a green kratom. And it's crazy because you can have three different strands. There's a green strand, which gets you very like your body's relaxed, but it gets your mind elevated. Right. And this is all like, it's legal there. It's legal. I don't know where, if it's legal everywhere <laughs> in the world. And then there's one that's uh, red. It's a red strain where it helps you to go to sleep. It relaxes you, drops you in. And then there's the white strain, which really increases your cognitive function. So you're like super tunnel vision focused. The problem is on the back end, it's like taking a loan from the bank, right? After that, yeah. you feel kind of tired. So you need to crash out. What do you take when it comes to supplements or anything like that for your cognitive function, for your creativity, for you feeling centered within yourself? Um, not many, to be honest. I take B12 and I'm, I've been vegan for like 12 years. So like pretty, pretty clean on the whole diet end. Um, yeah, like 
I don't drink, like I'm pretty <laughs> whatever, but I've just been in LA and they've got some really good weed there and it's really specific strains. Um, and I found that was really helpful in like exploring different ways of taking like certain gummies that I know can help with like creativity, like sativa strains have been like really good over the last month of just like trying them a couple of days and then like going into that really like hyper creative mode. But it's not ever something that like I'd ever want to feel like dependent on anything to like feel creative, like even any practices or anything to be able to get me into the creative state. I'm very much someone that's like, I want to be able to show up just like as I am without any additional like substances or anything in my body and be able to do what I want to do as a, natural expression but it's fun to play with things as well <laughs> yeah good thank you for being vulnerable and opening up about that it's interesting we don't talk much about this actually i don't even think we've ever mentioned it before uh on the podcast and i like the fact that we can go here and have this conversation because it is something that i know a lot of creatives and artists lean into uh i i don't know if you know this i used to be in the music industry about 10 years back uh, i worked with a lot of big major label hip-hop recording artists and naturally, you know, people like Wiz Khalifa and, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg and Lil Wayne, all these artists, they'd have like lean, which is basically a cough, uh, cough medicine, cough syrup with alcohol, which is crazy. I would never take that. Like the, people die from that stuff. And then they have like a lot of these, you know, hip hop artists that would smoke weed to get into a creative space. I remember one time, this is so exclusive right now. There was one time we're in the, this Disney recording studio in LA an exhibit came around oh my God. And, and anyway, so he came in and then he pulls his weed out and you know, he's a big dude. And there were two of my producers that were there and we were told not to have any weed. And I didn't even smoke weed around the time. I just wasn't about it. Cause it would get me into a place where I'm not productive. Right. And get sleepy and it just doesn't work for me. And he rolls this joint and I'm just like, no, 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 no. And the, I look at my producers. They're like, they're like, shut up, shut up. It's exhibit. So anyway, exhibit <laughs> smokes this weed. And then the next day, the manager of the studio is like, come here. And I came in and he's like, you guys smoking weed in my studio last night? I'm like, no, he's like, we got kids in here. <laughs> so like we were on a warning because there was weed smoke going through the, you know, ventilation in, in the Disney studio, which is crazy. So uh, oh that was my experience, but I did notice a lot of them were like doing this to get into a creative space. I think that the thing that I noticed with these artists as well is that they would like to only have like certain people in their space. Like they were very particular about what kind of energy would be in the room. Even when they'd have people that would want to come and hang out with them, a lot of them would just have their entourage of people that they knew were safe. They weren't going to take their energy. What do you do to guard your energy to keep your creativity intact? Well, so many things like the people that you spend time with, the places that you are, like that is going to feed directly into your work and directly into like what you're creating. Um, travel is like a massive thing for me. That's just like probably the biggest energizer, which makes now a very strange time. Um, yeah, and I was in LA for a creative sabbatical, like just going there to being a new environment to be around new different people and taking new things like that is the biggest thing that feeds into my work and like being in a new space having differences in just your daily routine and like even like you're going to a different place to get coffee in the morning or whatever it might be like it feeds into it, it changes and shifts the way that your thinking is on a daily basis that just 
gives you new experiences to put into what it is that you're creating. Love that. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so what do you believe is a good thing that people can focus on right now, now that they're in isolation? Yeah, I think I was talking about this with my friend earlier. I think right now we're in a time where things are changing sometimes on like an hourly basis. There's so much like new information coming at us. Um, and the biggest thing is just being present within that, like not trying to figure out what it's going to be in like a couple of weeks. I know like quite a few people who are in like mainstream, like salary jobs where there's so much in uncertainty in it. And if they're future tripping in what that might be, and even people who are running their own businesses and worrying about like the climate of things and what's going to happen to the business and if their income's going to come and all of these things that might arise, if we're trying to like figure out what, where we're going to be in a month, where we're going to be in a couple of months, it's just not helpful. It's not going to be productive. It's going to be the worst thing for our like mental and physical well-being. The best thing that we can do is focus on being like hyper present and being so conscious of like the things that we're doing. Like I've been getting so much joy of just having like this space and even like having like my showers become a ritual experience, like because I have so like such a limited amount of things with me. It's like I am like loving the shit out of the smells of all of my shower gels and all these things and like luxuriate in the process <laughs> of having a shower, which is something that's like completely overlooked before. But because everything's got so simplified and we're confined to our spaces, then we're kind of like, taking advantage of everything that we can do within that and everything can be like this beautiful delicious kind of creative experience if we allow it to be i like delicious that sounds good to me (laughs) (laughs) delicious. yeah i i I get what you're saying I, i you're so right i feel like we've had to slow down obviously that's like an unknown but i think it's more so mindfulness now we're in a space where we're we're in a place where we're encouraged to be more mindful and more grateful Mm. you know you said even just you having a shower there's a practice that often we you know at our events my friend emil who's a great coach and speaker alongside me he often encourages people to be mindful of where they're at all the time. He's very good with presence. And he says, when you go and have a shower, like notice the water, like splashing the little shards, the little pieces of the water drops splashing off your shoulders. Right. And, and like the water droplets running down your arm and like, how does it feel on your body? And what is it doing? How's it washing you? Like imagine like your doubts and your worries and your fears washing off you and going down that drain and, and like look at the water how it pulls around your feet like all these little like details that we just pass by all the time and it's such a great exercise for anyone to do and then to bring that into your art that mindfulness that presence in that moment that brings you into that flow have you ever felt that state of flow where he's like where the hell did this come from that's, that's what we strive for every day <laughs> And I think now, especially as well, it's a time where something as simple as like washing your hands and having a shower, we can see like how privileged we are to have those things available to us where there's so many people who don't 
literally don't have enough money to be able to afford hand soap or sanitizer. People who are homeless in the world right now, people who are in prison systems that aren't supporting them, we can see how grateful we are literally to have the ability to wash our hands however many times we want, to have as however many showers a day that we want. Like that's such a huge privilege and I think more people are kind of waking up. I am definitely waking up to realizing so many of those small things, how, how lucky I am to have them. Yeah, no, I love that. You made a statement on your Instagram either today or yesterday where you said security is an illusion. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, just jobs, the man, capitalism. <laughs> like, it's this idea that we, not to sound too conspirational, but it's the, an idea that we're fed that if we have like, a salary job and we trust in a big corporation to give us a paycheck every month, then that's the safe option. And that's the safe option that I chose for a long time before like fully following and fully diving into like believing myself and believing that I can make art my job. <laughs> I fell into the illusion that like having somebody else give me money for doing a job that they specified was the security. And I realized a while ago that it wasn't. And now I think that's like that structure is just crumbling. Like it's not secure to put your entire worth and your entire life and livelihood in the hands of something that can literally fall away and leave so many people with no other options. Yeah. Amen to that. I love that. So Gabriella, what are two to three things that you're super proud of that you've created that we get to check out? Oh, let me think. Um, I've made a few decks of cards that I'm obsessed with. So my first deck was the Bad Bitch Affirmations. And that's like a whole bunch of cards that I've got like swear words in them and a whole lot of sassy language. Um, but generally, they're just positivity, like high vibe cards to get you in like a place of feeling good. Um, I did a deck collaboration with Angel Phoenix, who is one of my best friends and my heroes. Um, and it's just one of the most beautiful things I've ever made. I like to have the goal of making everything I create like the most beautiful thing that I've created. And that's like way up there. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I think just like the courses I do and the coaching that I do with other women just about connecting with their creativity just makes me so fucking happy and excited and able to like share that experience with them. Ooh, we're going to check it out. So where can we find you online? Um, mostly on Instagram. I'm at Gabriella Rosie and then GabriellaRosie.com. Wonderful. Thank you, Gabriella. Gabriella, what's your favorite word of the year? Delicious. Delicious. <laughs> All right. I'll, say. I'll, I'll take that. It has such a good feeling to the word. I like that. I think words should, should make you feel a certain way when you hear it. What about this word here? And I'm, I'm about to go, oh, I'm about to go X-rated on them. You ready? Go for it. Well, I want to watch your reaction. We're on video right now. Ready? Moist. Oh, <laughs> i love it it's such it's so funny it's such a triggering word the reason why i said that is because uh, yeah i was i was in uh, marrakesh in morocco and i said something about something being moist and someone didn't hear it so i repeated it really loudly and then everyone turned around like oh my gosh yeah you said and i'm like why does that word make you i'm like you know the context it's not even taken out of context like 
You're taking it out of context. You're making it weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I do things like that sometimes. <laughs> Good way to end the interview, Gabriella. Thank you so much for jumping in. Thanks a million. I appreciate you. Uh, before we wrap up the interview, I got this one last question for you. This question is, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? Oh, my God. Well, I'd like a little bit more time to prepare to it if possible. Uh -uh. But, um, Full expression. Let's go. Um, that people should just show up and take up the space that they feel naturally inclined to take up. It's available to you. It's yours if you want it. And everybody's voice is valuable and needed. <laughs>